everyone. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Uh, I'm Jeff Kowalski, and I have with me returning guests Louisa Heron. Hello. And Regina Barry. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about creepy stories on the internet and urban legends and folklore, uh, collectively and generally known as Creepypasta because of their viral nature and the way they get copied and pasted. Copypasta, creepypasta, you get it. Urban Dictionary, if you want to know etymology. Uh, Louisa brings us this this episode's uh, piece, I guess. It's not really a story. Uh, Louisa, why don't you pitch it to yeah. us? Okay. Um, this is an entry from the SCP Foundation, which is sort of a men in black kind of organization, shadowy organization that deals with weird supernatural or folkloric types of things. And each uh, entry is like a little story. And this one is about number 89 of the SCP. Yeah, SCP-089 is... Yes. Yeah, that's how you'd find it if you wanted to read about this. And should I describe what it is? Do you want me to do that? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to put a link in the description. I'm going to recommend that people read this one first, because... Uh, the last episode you guys were on was Candle Cove, which everyone in the world has read, so I didn't care about <laughs> spoiling it. But this one, I want people to read first. Um, but yeah, you can go ahead and um, describe the picture that goes with it first. Okay. Uh, there's a picture at the top of the entry that's like a sort of a goat man statue. He's sitting, he's got his arms outstretched, but they're chained, he has wings, he has his mouth open. Yeah, it looks vaguely like, I don't know, Babylonian? Is that racist? Or <laughs> I, think, I think that's what they're going for. I think so as yeah, well, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to look like something, uh, like, pre-Christian, like, before the Bible <laughs> kind, of, yeah. kind of uh thing. Anyway, I think go they ahead. describe it somewhere. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes but, the descriptions yeah. don't match the pictures, which bothers me a little on this site. Like, there's, yeah, me too. there's one entry that you sent me where they describe a concrete and rebar uh, sculpture, and the picture is clearly of a wooden sculpture. Yeah. So that's not great. Yeah, but, <laughs> but otherwise, great website. Yeah. And I don't know where this picture is from, but I think it really uh, it gives you the idea of what the thing should look like. Um, this is an object, a sort of supernatural object. It's a large statue, and it has a door in it, and it's described as something that is just a statue most of the time, but sometimes it'll speak, and it's not obvious how it speaks, and it speaks in an ancient language, but it gives the location of someone that the... Let me see. How do I... I don't want to spoil anything, well, but use, it gives the location the, of... Use the terminology in the... In, in the thing, and then we'll do the reveal. So, like, it, okay. it reveals the location of uh, SCP-089-A, which is a yes. another cataloged subject. Yes. And SCP-089-A is also connected to SCP-089-B. And the people who own the statue, this organization, they need to go find A and B. And if they can convince A to do the necessary things with B, they can halt a catastrophic global event. Some kind of weather event or an earthquake, things like that. And apparently if you follow the statue's instructions of finding A and B and doing the correct ritual, 
then you can stop thousands of deaths, destruction, things like that. Yeah, and what's really great about this article is it uses the kind of dense, confusing scientific language that, like, about halfway through, you're like, okay, I think I, I'm starting to get that mm-hmm. SCP-089-A and B are people. Protocol mm-hmm. M8 is some horrible thing A has to do to B, and a Type S event is a disaster. And then mm-hmm. there's the really, really great twist um, where the... Uh, do you want to you reveal it since it's your presentation? Yeah, um, so it turns out that what has to happen is that A is the mother of a healthy child between the ages of six months and six years, I think. Eight months and six years. Yes. Same thing. I don't know why I corrected you. That was rude. (laughs) (laughs) It was rude. It's fine. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) It turns out that what has to happen is that A must voluntarily, A is the mother, the mother must voluntarily put her child, her healthy child that she loves, it's important that she loves that they love and trust each other, into this statue, in through the door with flammable items and set them on fire so that it will painfully kill her child. Yes, specifically uh, uh, it will uh, burn and be destroyed over a period of two to five hours. Yeah. Yeah, that that part was like like just like the the twist to the twist. It, oh god, mm-hmm. that, I think I think that was like like the the most like nauseating part for me was like the 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 description of the time. Yeah, cuz something burning to death in 2 hours, that's like mm-hmm. that's yeah. like sous-veeing to death. Yeah. Uh, also also I'm sorry, just so we don't get confused. Yeah, we we um, got the names I'm looking reversed. at the beginning yeah. What's yeah, that? B, B is the mother and A is the child. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I did get that backwards. Yeah, I just Anyways. noticed that when I was reading um, the horrible description oh, right. of how SCP-089-A has to be burned for yes. a minimum of two <laughs> hours. Um, so, yeah, I think this really works because it's like a psychological experiment for what could be the worst conditions that you would have to go through in your life, assuming you're the mother, to save... Like, would you do something so terrible to your child that you love and kill them to save thousands of people? And it's very specific in the story that it's thousands of people, but far away from where the mother lives. It would never affect her and her family directly, this catastrophic event. Mm -hmm. And it's... um. The the second twist, the twist at the very end I really like, um, addendum two uh, on this is a list of type S events that have been tied to SCP-089, uh, and a couple of them are just like, they have kind of like bi- uh, Bible prophet language tied to them. One is 1788, 1850, 1951, and then the very last one... Um, this this whole wiki uses a very common trope of blacking out language, like in declassified documents, there's redacted information. Um, I think they do it very well yeah. on this website. Yeah. Uh, especially in this article, because the date yes. of the final event is April 4th, 20-something, um, and the location is data expunged, and the event that's happening is data expunged, and the outcome is ongoing protocol yeah. M8 not yet <laughs> executed. 
um, <laughs> which just like the then the that's the um, kind of twist after the reveal that oh cool this um, this entire uh, thing being described is happening somewhere now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe that mother doesn't know she has to kill her child but uh, these, <laughs> these scientists who uh, run this organization know. So, um, I, I hadn't heard of this one before we talked about it and, and yeah. And and Jeff, you were like, Oh, it's a, it's a quick read. Um, so, uh, and I got that, that tweet at work. Um, so I just was, so I just sort of like excused myself to go on a break and like, I, I low key, like just like read it in the bathroom and I got to the end and then like, I was just like really shaken and I went back to work and, um, I've been working very closely with a colleague recently who has an 18 month old son who like she talks about constantly. So I was just like, (laughs) Hey, girl! <laughs> oh, man. So what was reports? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Something I really love about this story is that it's presented in such a detached, clinical way, like all these stories yeah. are, that it makes a lot of the details so much worse when you think about them. Like, I'm looking at the list of events that were uh, called off by the sacrifice, and the one for November 23rd, 1951, it says protocol M8 executed within 31 hours of location yeah. event. So a mother was convinced to painfully kill her child in less than 31 hours, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and one of the um, uh, the context there uh, is earlier in the article, it uh, specifies that they can't use drugs, they can't force her, like she has to do it of her own free will. Right, they can't threaten her, yeah. It's so, um, oh, it's just chilling. And this, this article kind of, it reminds me of, uh, an SCP that I am familiar with. I don't know the number, but I'm going to talk about it on a later episode because it's really great. Um, where it's, there's no twist to it. It's just kind of slowly revealing, um, not enough information, but like that this organization has to keep a little girl locked up, uh, and she has some kind of monster inside of her that will destroy the entire world unless they do some horrible unnamed act to her that is heavily implied to be sexual torture. Mm-hmm. And it's I do know that. Yeah, one. it's it's just like as you're reading it, you're it kind of one thing that I really like about these is a lot of them are kind of moral questions presented as yeah. stories. Like, is it yeah, is it wrong? Kind of like a. Yes. Kind of like the Twilight Zone. I think it really does make you think, like, well, in this circumstance, like, what would I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what, what what this one had me thinking about was Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, I thought of that, too. And it kind of made me a little disappointed that uh, Cabin in the Woods didn't approach the um, the kind of shadowy organization a little more seriously. But, like, they were just kind of bumbling idiots, which I liked. Um, yeah, it was funny, but... But also, like imagining what kinds of people would build such an organization and what they would really be like as people is kind of disturbing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> genuine psychological horror, um, yeah. which is probably entirely the uh, SCP Foundation. I think I would just describe it as psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, It's funny. Um, oh, I was just going to say, like uh, Regina had said in the previous episode, that 
reading the fake wiki about Candle Cove kind of took away some of the horror. I found that I can't look at the SCP notes at the bottom of an article because it's just people saying, oh, you should have written it this way or you should have done this instead. And that takes away from it because I think a lot of them are just great as is. (laughs) Um, actually, there was, there was, there was a part of this, um, can I be a buzzkill? Can I be like the nerdy (laughs) buzzkill? Okay, so, so, so they mentioned in the article that, um, that, uh, SC089, the statue speaks in some, like, you know, Babylonian language or whatever. And then there's a footnote at the bottom, which is Dr., you know, name expunged, translated an excerpt of the text as Nightmare of Moloch, Moloch the Loveless, Mental Moloch, Moloch the Heavy Judger of Men. And I was like, okay, I know the name Moloch. I know it from Allen Ginsberg's poem, Howl, but I didn't know, like, who that was. So I was reading the Wikipedia article, and that quote, the nightmare of Moloch, Moloch the Loveless, that is from Howl. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and, and it's funny because in the Wiki article, like, there's tons of, like, Bible quotes and stuff about Moloch, who is apparently this, like, um, to scroll up, he he was this, um, this god who was associated with child sacrifice, wow. um, uh, let's see, a uh, Semitic root meaning king, the name of an ancient god possibly first, first worshipped in Ammon, practiced by the Canaanites, Phoenicians, and related cultures in North Africa and the Levant. Um, and yeah, so he's just like this like ancient god who, um, in the Bible, it's like, don't sacrifice your children, because then we'll stone you to death. <laughs> yeah, it's um, um yeah. it's weird. Like it was enough to tell us that the statue bore an inscription in a Canaanite language. Like they didn't need mm-hmm. to put that footnote, putting a quote. Right. Yeah. Right. Apparently, the statue likes the beat generation. So. <laughs> it's just and like Moloch is kind of one of those in pop culture like a generic devil like the bad guy in, yeah. in the first season mm-hmm. and a half of sleepy hollow is moloch and he's just oh, like really? an eight foot tall devil <laughs> he's just like this uh <laughs> yeah like like baphomet or something like yeah that. like for lack mm-hmm. of a better phrase white devil he's just like a yeah. seven foot tall all white goat legs and horns <laughs> generic <laughs> and like i don't want I like the vagary of saying it's from, who knows, uh, at least uh, 2,200 years ago, somewhere Mm -hmm. in Bible lands. (laughs) Oh, one of the details that I really love about this story that makes it a little more subtle, I think, is that uh, the organization has tried to figure out what's going on, and they think that the statue isn't causing the events at all. It's just able to predict them and tell you what to do to oh, right. fix them. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's not like this bad statue we can't destroy is making people sacrifice to it. It's like, this is actually going to help, which is sort of the underpinning of all folklore of this kind, which is pretty mm-hmm. great, I think. Yeah, that's a, a really good detail, because it's like... Some like then uh, if if not for that detail, you could just be like, well, then destroy the statue. They yeah. could have put in a paragraph about how they tried to destroy the statue and it didn't work. Instead, they did an even better thing where they said, this stuff's going to happen whether the statue's here or not. Yeah. But unless we have the statue, we don't know which baby we have to kill to get it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the other yeah. thing that I love about this article, and I didn't realize this until I opened it so we could start having this discussion, was under, under the picture, it's um, the, the caption under the picture is SCP-089 after transportation to the location of SCP-089-B's residence uh, in order to perform protocol yes. MA. So someone was like, oh, picture time! <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So <laughs> So that has to be, well, it's, 
Um, yeah, that has <laughs> to be then from um, either the most recent where Protocol M8 has not been executed or 1970 or 1951, because 1850 yeah. we did not have color photographs. Yeah, um, they probably didn't have much time in 1951. God, yeah. that one, that one, like, <laughs> that keeps coming back to me. Like, whenever I think about this story, I'm just like, who was the 31-hour mom? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty and, amazing. Yeah, and and I, I I don't know, like like for some reason I keep like like thinking if that's supposed to be some kind of like statement where it's like oh 1951 so maybe it's supposed she's supposed to be like from the Soviet Union and so she's more willing to think about the collective good like because mm-hmm. she's culturally conditioned to do so like is that what they're trying to say if they're or trying be- to say anything at all like yeah or if that World War Two is so fresh in everyone's mind that she's decided yeah. this is another sacrifice I just have to make. Yeah. And it's uh the most interesting part of that is no tsunami, um, even though they said it would happen, and no fatalities. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. only person who died from that event was the baby that was sacrificed. Yeah. Right, right. Which is another detail that really proves that, yeah, if you do this terrible thing, you really will save all these other lives. Yeah. But is it worth it, or should we just let the Earth be destroyed, <laughs> lest we become monsters? Have you guys seen the last episode of Mash? Because this makes me think of that. Um, when I was oh. a kid, <laughs> I, I I think I know what you're talking about. Where it's like the mom, the and the woman, and the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what happened on the last episode of Mash. Did they okay, try to get so, some baby well, try to get Hawkeye Pierce is having a mental breakdown. That's how the episode begins. That's and how the show talking- begins. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> through talking to his psychiatrist, you find out that they that he and some nurses and some uh Korean people, some refugees, were caught on a bus when enemy soldiers were in the area and they were trying to hide so they wouldn't get captured and the, one of the refugees, a woman, had a baby and the baby wouldn't stop crying and uh, Dr. Pierce kept telling her you have to shut that baby up and eventually she pressed a cloth over its mouth so hard that she killed it. Oh, yeah, so, that yeah. does sound vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah, and it's it like pretty sad. All of those people would have died if she hadn't done it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is um one of the one of the great things about horror fiction versus for example historical fiction about the Korean War is that you can take that sort of thing and just be like, no, the most extreme version. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, we're all afraid of our house <laughs> being broken into. Like, uh, horror says, what if five people in masks broke into your house and killed your family? Right. It's like, we're all afraid of um, having to make a sacrifice of some kind, or uh, mm-hmm. the idea of kill a thousand to save a billion but mm-hmm. right. horror lets yeah. us go further. Like, what if a mother had to kill her child to save countless lives? Yeah, and there's all those details in there. Like, you'd think, well, maybe I could do it if the hurricane was going to also destroy my community. But, you know, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, maybe I could do it if it was a quick and painless death for my child. But, you know, it's not. Like, all these extra little details are in there to make it harder. Yeah, yeah. One thing that's really interesting about this is it doesn't say what happens if the mother refuses forever. Um, although it's implied that perhaps the mother is refusing forever in the ongoing event. 
Um, mm. And it doesn't say what would happen if the mom just, like, snapped the baby's neck and didn't burn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, in the second one, it, it takes them 1,363 days to complete the protocol, and there's millions of casualties. Yeah, at least mm-hmm. double-digit, blanked-out million yeah. casualties. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So I guess it would be, and what's really, actually, I just know what's really upsetting about that one is that was a peasant uprising. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's like, that wasn't a natural disaster. That was, uh, mm-hmm. that was several years. What is, what is 1300? That is like five years or something. Yeah. Yeah. Around that. Yeah. Years, yeah. Of, mm-hmm. of just, um, peasants being like, we have a prophet here, and he's leading a revolt, and they killed double-digit millions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, I think that's all we have to say about this story, right? You guys have any last words? Mm, no, I think I said everything I need to say. All right, how about, yeah, how about let's do spookiest line again? Well, uh, Louisa, what do you what what uh, what line in this is the spookiest to you? Uh, I know what it is, and let me see if I can find it. Uh, there's an addendum. Well, someone else go first yeah. because I want to find it exactly. Regina, what's your spookiest <laughs> line? Oh, for me, it, it is definitely the caption under the photo, just saying that like here's the statue oh. we took it. You know, in the residence <laughs> of the mother while we're trying to get her to to set her baby on fire. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, um, oof. Yeah, j- just something about that, just, like, because c- your mind automatically goes to, like, what's going on in the in the background of that photo, you know, like, like just off camera, like, like you can, I don't know, it just really, it really grounds it, you know? Uh, and the, um, yep. I actually just found the spookiest line that I didn't notice, because it's, like, near the beginning, and that's before you kind of have the, uh, knowledge to know how to read the article. Uh, it is recommended, although not required, part of Protocol M8. Damn it! That's the one I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you, go ahead. No, you go ahead and read it then. I'll pick a different one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's recommended, although not required, as part of the protocol, to cause the, to cause the execution of Step 2 of Protocol M8 to be accompanied by the sounding of horns and percussion instruments, as doing so may mask the sounds made by A during the execution of the protocol. Just like, we're going to bring this this Canaanite torture device into your home and a band. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of the only mercy, isn't it? That you'll drown out the sounds of this child screaming while it's being burned alive? Yeah. Yeah, which, of course, uh, is... Brings me to the spookiest line for me, which is the very end outcome ongoing protocol M8 not yet executed, implying that we are in the midst of a type S event, which is a large scale disaster of some kind, mm-hmm. which it certainly feels like. <laughs> anyway, yeah. on that lovely note, uh, Louisa, tell us where the people can find you if you would like them to do so. All right, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Heronbird, which is H-E-R-R-O-N-B-I-R-D, and follow me there. And if you DM her, she will bake cookies for you. That's a I will that's do a that. Promise. <laughs> and Regina, why don't you plug the things that you would like people to know about in the ways you would like them to know about them? 
Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tessaract, T-E-S-S-A underscore R-A-C-K-E-D. Um, you can read my blog at pandabearshape.com. Consistent ban- Panda Bear Shape is a blog about fat characters in cinema. And I'm Jeff Kowalski. You can find me at J3FK on Twitter, at JeffJK on Instagram. I don't know why I plug my Instagram. That's weird. Why did I do that? Because everyone wants to see pictures of your cat, of course. You can find me at weaponizedlanguage.com, where you probably downloaded this because you are one of the 10 people on my Facebook who is going to listen to this. Uh, and there you can find my short story horror collection, Unknowing, an anthology from Beyond the Veil, which you can buy for, I think the PDF is like a dollar or five dollars. Uh, the paperback book on Amazon is ten dollars. Uh, and remember, you have to go inside.